This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Welcome in to yet another Inside Carolina podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. We're sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, JohnnyT-Shirt.com, and Congruity. Small, medium-sized business spot for you to go and handle business, and they'll handle your people. Aside from the fact that the game was probably the longest 40-minute college basketball game I can remember, North Carolina gets the biscuits, 192 over Tennessee. What a game that sort of encircled everything about Carolina basketball the last few years, but it certainly looked good early. It did play great in the first half. Uh, Tennessee did not play well. That's a fair comment. I did think they'd make a run. Uh, You can certainly point to some – some things that were disappointing in the second half, allowing them to get back into the game the way they did. But a lot of positives. I think uh, the number one thing for me was how Elliott played and and controlled the offense, took unbelievable care of the ball. His vision has obviously been noted. But this was really, I thought, the first game he seemed to be really comfortable getting people involved, making timely passes, and, and at times controlling – the entire game from an offensive standpoint. So that was encouraging. Got great contributions from obviously RJ uh, and Armando and Harrison and even Cormac, um, even though he didn't shoot it great. It was good to see him out there. So first half, we had great rhythm. I thought we played hard and I didn't think Tennessee did. Uh, in the second half, they, they matched or maybe exceeded our effort, which is why the game got close, but we had enough of a lead and made enough timely shots and free throws to, to hold on. So things to build from um, wasn't perfect. Second half, our defense was not where it needed to be. Uh, but all in all, you'll take the win, and Tennessee's a good team. At this point in the season, uh, we're still in the very early season, you have a half like that in the first half. It comes so easy for you. I thought it was a good thing that they had some adversity in the second half. I think that builds more character for a team especially trying to gel with new pieces and all that stuff. And for a young guy like Cadeau to have to deal with adversity rather than cruising through against, like you said, I think Tennessee's a really good team. Um, so I thought that was big for this team. But also I wanted to ask you about it. You've, you've been there. You've seen the pressure that comes with being a point guard at North Carolina. Cadeau had a lot of people nervous missing foul shots. 
he stepped up and made them. I think he made his last four, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Uh, just speak to that aspect of it. That is that is growth that matters because he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot down the stretch. It is, and historically, you know, for the last almost 20 years, we when we've had elite point guards, they've been really good closers, good free throw shooters. Um, you know, Raymond was, Ty was, Kendall was, to name a few. Marcus Page was, certainly Joel Berry certainly was. And so we have a history of our elite point guards, guys with the ball in their hand late uh, in their hands, being able to step up and knock down free throws. And so it was good to see him do that, especially after being one for four, to your point. Um, he's got plenty of room to grow, uh, and he he doesn't seem to have much confidence in his outside shot at the moment. I thought there were a number of times where he probably could have just pulled a three off the bounce. He had plenty of space, but he's just not quite comfortable. And I think also is still learning where to penetrate and, and how to maybe seek his own shot, but his vision is undeniable. His timing on his passes, the, you know, the, the two on the break to Armando, one that was uncontested, one that ended up being an and one a couple of times he used the high ball screen to find shooters. Uh, he sees all of it, which is a gift. You, you, you rarely develop that. You kind of have it or you don't. Uh, and he's got incredible vision and command of the basketball as evidenced by uh, how, how well he takes care of it. So he's going to continue to grow. But I think this this kind of environment, this kind of team with a, a an experienced guard hounding him, I didn't, I didn't see how many minutes he played, but he felt like he played north of 30 uh, for the first time, I would think. Uh I would think from here on, that's what you get. You're going to get 30-plus minutes from him. 31 minutes for Cadeau. 0 for 5 from the field, but 5 for 8 from free throws. 10 assists, no turnovers. Yeah. That's a hell of a game by a guy, to your point, um, playing against experienced guards, big guards, except for Ziegler. Um, yeah, and Tommy, when if Hubert grades film the way that Coach Williams grades – film or graded film you get an assist for an assist but you get half of an assist in our grading system for a great pass that leads to a shot where you got fouled uh or something positive happened so he might end up with you know 13 14 15 carolina assists when they grade tape uh by putting the ball in the right position for guys to be successful even if they didn't score and it's not an official assist um, so his assist to turnover ratio, which we track per player in our system could be 15 to zero, uh, which is astoundingly good. Yeah. Great point there. Carolina shot 38 free throws. So you know that to your point, several more assists, the way Carolina keeps them, the way you guys kept them goes on Cadeau's tally. I, I just think his growth has been, you know, we saw him in open practice early in the year that they allowed the media in. And I was iffy on if he was going to be effective early. Um, I thought he was going to have to grow. He's grown a ton in the first month of the season. Uh, we're talking with Dewey Burke. Carolina wins 100-92 to in the ACC-SEC Challenge over Tennessee. Dewey, I've got to go to the guy that I've said, I'm on record saying the best player on the, on the team at this point, and that's Harrison Ingram. Carolina hadn't had a guy like him in a while hadn't had a guy that can back guys down consistently and then step out and hit threes maybe i'm overstating it and he's just a shiny new nickel on this team as we always say but what have you seen from him that brings just that new dimension to north carolina 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's NBA caliber size and strength is what you're talking about. And, you know, we I'll miss thinking of somebody, but this is the likes of Harrison Barnes, of the Rayshon Terry's, you know, even David Noel wasn't the, dy- the dynamic scorer that Harrison Ingram was. He was a big physical presence that was that three stretch four that was difficult to cover and athletic. Um, you know, again, I'm probably forgetting some some other guys, but we haven't had someone like that in a while, to your point. Um, I am surprised how well he is shooting the ball from the perimeter. That That is not necessarily uh, what I expected uh, I knew he'd be versatile. Um, I spent time with Coach Haas this offseason and chatted about Harrison with him. And uh, he talked about his versatility and his ability to defend and be a great communicator and great teammate and, and share the ball. And Jared had him playing point forward a lot at Stanford to distribute the basketball, which he doesn't have to do for us. So clearly multi-talented. Um he plays hard. He, he plays with emotion. He, he obviously cares a ton, uh, which not everybody does anymore. Uh, not, I don't mean our guys, but just in general. Not you know, There's a lot of players out there that are just trying to be cool and trying to figure out what looks good for Instagram. And he, he clearly cares. Um, but the brightest thing for me as it relates to him is how well he's shooting the ball. Yeah, again, uh, another big night for him shooting at 6 for 12 overall, 4 for 8, 20.6 rebounds. Uh, no assists, which is surprising. Dewey, one aspect, and I'm trying to keep up with questions in the chat and all that. And as I was watching, it, it is hard. Shout out to the almost 400 people in here on a Wednesday night um, watching us instead of watching other basketball games or maybe doing both. But uh, everybody comes to see Dewey. What I thought was interesting, and, and this is another thing that Carolina hadn't been able to do lately, you had Ingram at the point forward, as you said. You had Seth Trimble, you had Cadeau, you had R.J. Davis on the court um, a lot of that second half. That's basically three point guards and a point forward. Ball handling has been an issue in the past at times. Seems like that issue has been cured um, relatively handily by Hubert Davis. What do you think about that lineup? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know how Cormac felt. Uh, he, he may have been still working it out, which, which caused us to go to that lineup a little bit more. Um, obviously we were throwing different people at connect, trying to figure out a way to slow him down. Hubert ultimately went to just doubling him anytime he came off of any, any type of screening action, which I thought was good to get the ball out of his hands. Um, but so that, that's a small lineup, but should be gifted in terms of handling the basketball and, um, and spreading the floor out. Uh, I don't know how much we'll see it. Um, Tennessee's not a huge team, so that was part of it. Is they played small a lot, also. Uh, I think against maybe some of the 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 larger teams, that would be a tough lineup to see a lot of minutes out of. Um, but you do feel comfortable on the offensive end, certainly with Elliott and RJ in there at the same time, because they're although RJ is deferential to Elliott in terms of who brings the ball up, because he, he's playing off the ball now. I think officially, uh, except for when when Elliot's on the bench, uh, you feel perfectly comfortable with either one of them bringing the ball up. Um, and it's, it demonstrates itself in the stats that we're taking so much better care of the basketball. Our turnovers are way down. Yeah, Cormac Ryan, of course, fouled out. Um, still had 15 points, 7 for 7 from the free throw line. North Carolina, 32 for 38 from the line. Um, 
I heard repeatedly how many free throws they were shooting in that game. I didn't hear that so much when it was Villanova doing it from old Jimmy Dykes calling the game. Um, just an interesting thing there. But do he's a lot. He's a lot to handle. He he is he is that. Um, at least he gave Carolina a few props this time as they were running Tennessee out of the gym early. He gave them none in the Bahamas. Um, looking at the box score, another guy, and I. We talked about Trimble a little bit. We've talked about Ingram. Jalen Washington, man, if he can step out and hit that three consistently, which he's done, um, his growth. Has Sean made that big a factor for, for helping him? Somebody asked, does Marcus Page help Elliot Cadeau? Yeah, I saw I think, that. Yes. But is Sean May that guy for Jalen Washington? He has to be. And, the, and on the Sean May point, you saw the couple times that Armando came out of the game – and as he's walking down, you know, hitting everybody with a dap all the way down to the strength coach and everything, Sean's following him down, coaching him up, right? It's his fifth year and Sean's still in his ear. So I think without question, I don't know that Marcus ha- Marcus Page is having that much of an impact just yet because he's not on the floor uh, and it's his first year. Uh, you know, certainly in, in film or, you know, off the court, could he be helping Elliot? I'm sure he can be. Um but not to the level of what Sean is doing for, for our bigs and ideally is doing for Jalen. Uh, that pick and pop was beautiful, right in rhythm. He also had the tip dunk, which I really liked. Um, he's tantalizing. We've said that a, a number of times, but then on the other end, back-to-back possessions got absolutely blown by on direct drives for, for layups at the rim, which can't happen. And, and Hubert sat him, you know, predominantly for the rest of the game because he didn't feel like he could guard would be my estimation. So room to grow, but um definitely plenty of skill on the offensive end and you never know how all this stuff works with the portal but you would think that's somebody that's going to play major minutes with Armando gone next year indeed Jalen Withers struggled you would think Jalen Withers could maybe help a little bit on that defensive end let's talk a little bit about the defense do we um connect was just a monster I, I saw um, Lionel Simmons scored 47 points in the Dean Dome way back in 1988 with my own eyes. Um, and then to watch Connect do it, uh, I mean, he's a turned ankle away from holding the record from the opponent in yeah. there. How do you deal with that? Carolina has allowed, you know, not allowed, but teams have been able to have a guy that have gone off on Carolina now three straight games. Dixon mm-hmm. for Villanova, Mark for Arkansas, and now – connect for Tennessee that's the one question mark I have for this North Carolina team is on the defensive end and we talked a lot about the little guys Cadeau and RJ Davis being an issue and that's that is an issue but connect and all have done it against the wings and the bigs what do you see in there that maybe North Carolina needs to adjust sure yeah I mean it I think connect is the only one of those three that is potentially an NBA player and so you're looking at a kid with size length that can put the ball on the floor, finish with either hand. That dunk he had in the first half, I didn't know he had that. I mean, he's way more explosive than I realized. I I remember us talking about him potentially being a portal option for us early on, and ultimately he obviously went to Tennessee. But, I mean, he he was doing it off the bounce. He was making threes, coming off of, you know, under OB, step plays, catching shoots. I mean, he had it all going. So – um, some of that was just him being gifted and, and playing uh, playing very well and, and seeing a big basket. 
um, we started to double him and get the ball out of his hands. And then unfortunately he got hurt. So yeah, look, I mean, agree three games in a row guy goes off. It doesn't make you feel comfortable. Um, we were pretty good defensively as a unit in the first half um, and, and not great in the second. So long way to go uh, before we can, you know, be, be happy with how we're defending. Uh, and I see what they're saying in the chat. Maybe the, maybe the Arkansas kid is, is an NBA player. I don't know. Um, but he's, you know, he's big, he can shoot it, he can handle it. He can finish at the rim. He's long. He's pretty athletic. I mean, that's what, you know, he's like a little Wally Zerbiak out there. I mean, he was pretty impressive. Somebody said Keith Van Horn. Well, he's uh, not that big. Van Horn was like 6'11". But. Yeah, and Van Horn played for that Utah team that took mm-hmm. Jameson and Carter out of the Final Four back in 98. Uh, still too soon for me to think about that. I was sitting on the floor for that one. Anything else from this one, Dewey, that you sort of take away? I mean, I think you saw the bench sort of shrink down in a game like this. You still had some, you know, Washington with eight minutes, Jalen Withers with his 12, he started. Um, Seth Trimble with 13. Not surprising that it shrinks a little bit um, there, and especially with Cormac Ryan working himself back in and then getting in foul trouble. What are we missing uh, that we're not talking about? Is it concerning to you? Well, I said it was a good thing that I thought for this team, but is it concerning for you that Carolina could look so good in the second half or in the first half and then the second half could look not so good. Yeah, I, I think it was more about Tennessee in the second half when we didn't defend as well and we had a couple turnovers, but they just played a little bit better. They were going to make a they were going to make a run. Um, we, we didn't talk about Armando, but this is his best game of the season. Uh, his free throw shooting uh, being such an improvement is is dramatically impactful as Jimmy Dykes was commenting on quite a bit. Um, he looked more active. He looked more engaged. We got him the ball where he could power the ball up and didn't fade, which he did a number of times in the Bahamas, which is frustrating. Um, so, uh, you know, notable to call him out. And then RJ had, didn't he have 27 or 28? Yeah. And we even talked about him. Um, you know, I, I love him off the ball. His, his best gift is his ability to score the basketball. Did I think he took some not great shots tonight from a quality perspective? Absolutely. Uh, but we also don't yet play enough in transition to get a lot of easy shots. And so been on the record for years with you when you're in the half court and your best shooter or scorer has a glimmer, shoot it, just shoot it. And the chances are we're going to have a shot at an offensive rebound or you're going to make a couple of them versus, you know, a turnover or the ball going to Elliot with seven seconds left as a freshman trying to scramble and figure something out, you know, for this team, you're going to feel most comfortable with the ball in RJ's hands, trying to create his own and he's crafty at the rim. He, he obviously is shooting it great from the perimeter. So uh, we got to give him credit where it's due, uh, but his gift is to score. And, and that's what we need him to continue to do. Yeah, I think low-key Baycott going from 66% to 86%, whatever it is, is huge for this team because you think about that's probably four or five points a game, the way he gets fouled and how that translates. So you're, you're spot on there, and I had it in my notes to talk about, totally missed it. And then RJ, how much, you know, you know what it all comes with being a Carolina point guard. How much more free can RJ play now that Elliot Cadeau, mentally, physically, however you want to frame it, 
with Cadeau handling the ball, um, being the one, and RJ being able to play off that ball, how much does that free up a guy to just be himself? Yeah, it's considerably different um, because you saw really the last two years, even with Caleb, that RJ to me was really the, the predominant ball handler and who was trying to get us into our sets and our stuff. And so I think I think there are a number of things. We, we're running different sets, new new action with the personnel we have with the likes of Harrison, and then he's totally off the ball unless Elliot's on the bench. And so he's truly the shooting guard. He's not the hybrid. He's not, hey, I'll be off the ball for this possession because we're running something for Caleb, but next possession I'm back at point guard. Like he's truly playing the two unless Elliot's out. And so with that, just your mentality and what you're worrying, not worrying, what you're thinking about and what you're being coached to do is different. You know, the head coach is saying different things to your orchestrator than he is to your off the ball scorer. He just is, right? He's talking to Elliot about, hey, next time down, let's run, you know, box right so we can get Mondo a touch in the post and, you know, make sure we run something for Harrison because we like him isoing on that side. Like they're having those conversations. And if you're off the ball and you're RJ, you're just saying, you know, I got to move, I got to screen, I got to cut, I got to find ways to create my shot, my own shot. Simpler. So I, I think it's a big difference. I really do. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it can be overstated. And I appreciate you putting it out there. I mean, not having to worry about being the point guard on a Carolina basketball team and just playing ball and scoring. Yeah, I mean, that is going to be a thing all year for R.J. Davis. A lot of people in the chat talking about Jalen Withers and his rough game. Uh, mm -hmm. Wojcik didn't really scratch the box score in his three minutes at all. I mean, from your standpoint, those type things are nothing to really worry about, right? They, everybody steps up. You had three with plus 20 and Cormac with 15. Um, people have bad games. Baycott had a bad trip to Bahamas. Explain yeah. to folks that, a bad game does not make a bad situation or a bad concern at this point in the season. No, that's right. And, and you know, Seth Trimble had a huge game the other night that that was his step up, you know, that we hadn't seen. And, and he had a really good first half. Uh, I, I am, you know, a little disappointed in Jim Withers' effort level. I think he needs to play harder or he's going to be sitting over there quite a bit more. Um, and that's just, that's just flat out. Right. Um, I think when you're an Armando, when you've earned the right, if you, you had a bad game or a bad two day stretch where you just didn't feel right. It didn't, didn't seem like yourself. And then you bounce back tonight and play the way you played when you're less proven, uh, and you're struggling. And then what, because you're struggling, your effort doesn't look like it's there, man, that, that one's harder for me. Um, and so that's my, that's my contention with Jalen Withers right now is he doesn't seem like he's playing that hard to me. Uh, and so he needs to, to rectify that. Um, especially when you look to your right and Cormac Ryan plays as hard as he plays and Harrison Ingram plays like, let's go, man. So yeah. that's been a little disappointing to me. Um, you know, Wojcik didn't have a chance to impact the game really. So no nothing really to say there. And I think his minutes probably dwindle, uh, as the season goes, um, but, yeah, look, guys are going to have bad games, but the bad games should be when you shoot it bad. You know, that, that should be the definition. I, I didn't shoot it well, so I impacted the game in other ways. But Withers was turning the ball over. He was getting out hustled uh, and just it wasn't impacting the game in a positive way. So, look, hopefully he bounces back and he's got, he's got the ability 
to do that, but man, he's got to play harder. Yeah, your point about uh, I was watching it in a couple of the plays he made. I said he's working his way to the bench, and, and mm. especially with this team, uh, the the bench can be a motivator for Hubert Davis here, uh, the way he's got it. Question I saw in the chat, I did not get it started, and I can't find it now. And this is a funny one. I hope you take it that way. How how much pressure is it on the player in the game to get the hundredth point? <laughs> assuming they're they're saying that i should know that's what that's what we're going with um you do feel it you do absolutely feel it because the the student section there's a fervor there um you definitely notice it um honest my honest answer to this question is i was more worried about like coach williams yelling at me than anything else right and and just doing doing right uh with how we're supposed to play because he would he would coach till zero, zero, zero. Right. And so you didn't want to ever miss an assignment or, or run a play wrong because there were a couple of times uh, when we would watch film, which would be like everything you'd expect clips and this and that. And then he'd put a clip in at the end of film of me making a mistake just to show that like, I'm going to coach all of you till the very last second of the game. Right. So with that in mind, uh, you're probably less concerned about Bojangles than <laughs> than just playing right. But uh, no, listen, especially after I did it the first couple times, it, it was it was a thing. Um, and now here we are, almost 20 years later, and it's it's still going. So it's crazy. It is never going to go away. You know how that stuff carries on. But hey, there could be much worse things that carry on. Um, I'm not ask you about frat house swimming pools and, and things like that. <laughs> That's Dewey Burke. I'm Tommy Ashley, sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and Congruity, congruityhr.com, front slash Tar Heels. Dewey, anything left before we get out of here? A nice win for North Carolina. 500 people in the chat on a Wednesday night. Carolina wins 100-92 to with Florida State. Talk about the importance of getting, before we get out of here, the importance of getting in the plus side of the, the win-loss column for ACC play, especially when you have these games this early. Florida State on December 2nd, opening ACC play. Yeah, well, we've got a gauntlet coming. I mean, I don't know anything about Florida State this year, but they're generally and usually huge. Uh, <laughs> and so they're probably enormous, which will present challenges because we're on the smaller side. And, uh, you know, it's it's still funny to, to those of us that have been around a little while to see an ACC game before Christmas. But, yeah, go out and get it uh, to start the conference 1-0. Uh, and then we've got – a really fun stretch. I'm going to go to the game in New York, which I'm looking forward to the UConn game. And that's going to feel like a road game for sure. It's not a neutral court game by any means, in my opinion, that's going to feel like a road, a road game. Uh, so we got some good tests coming up. We're going to know a lot about this team in about three weeks, um, which I'm excited to see, you know, there's, there's good pieces. Um, maybe what I'll leave you with Tommy is I do truly feel that this team is together like these guys are together. They're playing for each other. They're playing for the name on the front of the jersey so far. Um, it hadn't been tough yet. It, it, they haven't lost two or three in a row or, some, you know, Mondo goes down for a game or two to really get tested. So it hasn't been tough yet. Don't don't tell me Villanova. No, you're in the Bahamas. It hasn't been tough yet. <laughs> um, and But so far, I think they're together, which is important and I do think is different than what we saw last year. It is indeed. That first half is some of the best Carolina basketball we've seen in a long time. 
and then the fight to avoid the unthinkable Tennessee comeback to see them band together, like you said. I do think it is a more together team than we've seen. Certainly bodes well for the stretch you talk about. Florida State on Saturday, UConn, Kentucky, Oklahoma, and then you circle back and get in the ACC in earnest in January. Dewey, it's always a pleasure. Um, you know, this is one of the favorite things I've done. I've done four shows today, cool. and, this, and this is my favorite. So uh, okay. look forward to them down the road, my friend. Likewise, and thanks to everybody for listening in. And I'll, I'll answer that last question. Do I think Coach Williams enjoys watching as a fan or it stresses him out? Uh, he is the most competitive person I've ever met in my life. So I would imagine there's a pretty good modicum of stress there for him still. However, I think he knows that he can't impact it anymore. He can't, you know, he, he can't go down there and call a play or jump somebody or anything like that. So I would think as time goes on, it'll be less and less stressful, but uh, no one cares more about our program than that guy. And no one is more competitive that I've ever met. So that I'm sure that fight is still there. It's certainly there on the golf course. Uh, competitive <laughs> as hell doesn't give you a, a 18 incher. He'll make you putt it. So oh, he's that guy. He's that guy. He is <laughs> boy. He is competitive. So, uh, so I'm sure when they made that run in the second half, he was feeling it just like the rest of us. Indeed. That's Dewey Burke. Tommy Ashley has been the Inside Carolina Post Game Podcast. Thank you, everybody. Everybody be safe. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.